You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Book Informer issue 58. We are coming to you on Wednesday, December 21st, almost Christmas time, right, Roger? Yes. I don't know if I have any in my stocking, though. I doubt very much I've got any comic books in there. The wife wouldn't know what to pick me up. <laughs> uh, that would be hilarious. It wouldn't, it, though? <laughs> you get there, and it's a copy of, like, you know, Red Hood, some Superboy be some before the relaunch. <laughs> Couple of jugheads. <laughs> well, Marvel certainly ended their year with a bang because just last week we got the finale of the Dark Angel saga over an Uncanny X-Force. And it's been a while since we talked about it, so we are going to wrap up from where we left off. Uh, the last issue we talked about was issue 15. And at that point, uh, the X-Force had just come back from the Age of Apocalypse with the Life Seed in tow. And, well... It ain't a good place to be. Uh, Archangel wants to transform the world into, you know, a new image through evolution and all this. He's chosen Psylocke to be his new angel of death. It's not a happy time for the X-Force, but man, these last few issues were freaking amazing. You know what? I we, We've talked about it a lot. We've said just how much we absolutely loved everything that had been going on and definitely the entirety of the story arc as well. But after reading the interview link that you sent me, you suddenly have a lot more respect even for what Reminder was, was doing in there because it's all well and good to appreciate everything that was happening in the story. Although I'm not going to lie. Some of it was referencing things that happened while I wasn't reading comic books. So some of it was, you know, there were little hat tips there that I didn't pick up on that you probably did. Such as? Um, different things with the Age of Apocalypse okay. stuff from the from before and whatnot. Um, and even if I had read it, again, we're talking a quarter century ago. And as I've made clear before the show, I have a hard time remembering last night. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so the, but the, the way that it was written so that he still respected both new readers and old readers was brilliant it was very very well written and then toss on top of that how much care he put into planning for each of the characters not just the story as a whole but each of the characters to give them their moment to shine and suddenly i have even more respect for what he's done in this series yeah, very rarely does something exceed expectations to this point. Like, even coming in, I was like, okay, I read some interviews with Reminder before X4 started up at all. And I was like, okay, this could be pretty cool. And with each storyline, he is just built and built and built. And it's amazing that, okay, we're here at the end of the Dark Angel saga, but it's not the end of this storyline. As a matter of fact, it's like the middle part of this whole huge story he has planned out. And everything here and previous all ties together into this huge tapestry of this story he's trying to tell and it's this is how you do it right you know each issue has been phenomenal on its own and each story arc has been phenomenal on its own and then you put it all together into this large grandiose story and it just works so amazingly well yeah yeah especially when you look at how the series ends which how much are we spoiling here <laughs> 
Well, you we'll kind of have it. to. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, but when you look at the the actual ending and what it means for those central characters, especially that central character, it in other series something like that. I'm sorry, but I may have been butchered terribly when you're looking at something that dramatic to try to do. And he took 18 issues to get there. That's giving it what it's worth, especially when you look at the importance of the character. That's what you need to do. I mean, yeah, that, some people may see that as a little, a little excessive, but it wasn't just about that. But it's just to show that he didn't just, you know, toss it in or try to shock you by 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 just kind of bringing it out of nowhere. And it wasn't just, you know, a couple of full page spreads. It was it led up huge to this point and it's just it's it's one of those times where i feel the character was given the attention they deserve there and it was amazingly well done well let's pick up on issue 16 where this issue had some huge moments in it uh, lots of big action in this issue alongside the drama i mean first of all we have deadpool and phantom x getting ambushed by the blob which gives that characteristic comedy that makes X-Force so successful because it can be dramatic, it can be big action, but it's also enjoyable the whole way. Well, the thing with that too is that by that point, we're already really looking forward to everything having to do with that parallel universe's surviving characters. So all of these moments, both in this one as well as in um, 17, are fantastic because you can't wait to see more of those alternate personas. So that was great. Especially, you know, when they start playing off each other and referencing things, uh, you know, the the animosity between Sunfire and uh, Iceman or uh, Nightcrawler commenting about how he'd already killed his his world's version of Angel. <laughs> so cool stuff going on there. But I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Phantom X running and jumping off the cliff into the water, shouting unclean. <laughs> it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. hilarious. <laughs> and, like after this whole big thing with the blob, it, they, they managed to top that by bringing out the sinister Iceman. And I love how this was going on at pretty much the same time we were seeing over in Wolverine and the X-Men that we mentioned that Bobby finally levels up and reaches his potential and seeing the, the two characters, the, the normal Iceman and the age of apocalypse version of Iceman essentially doing the same things. But if one is, this twisted version i'd like to know how much planning there was for that or if basically the uncanny no that was in wolverine and the Mm x-men it who who's writing that one i can't remember now but jason aaron yeah so if this was planned or if jason aaron saw what remender was doing and decided you know we'll put some of that in here as well because that was, I mean, it's identical. It's 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 not coincidence, and but it it really ties the two series together so well. Mm-hmm. And, and even coming up, uh, Remender has said that uh, in upcoming issues of Wolverine and the X Men, I think he said issue four, we're actually going to tie back into the Dark Angel saga and you know where some of the characters are after that. So that's something to look forward to. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then at the end, uh, we finally get that big character moment of Psylocke finally realizing that there's no Warren left. I mean, that was a that's a pretty big moment for her character because she was the last holdout this whole time. And then when Psylocke finally agrees that it's time to kill the dude, you know it's on. It was it was interesting because I mean th- th- that relationship has been. 
it's it's just this puzzle box you know it's not straightforward it's not something that you can necessarily make sense of it it it, it doesn't follow the norm obviously because she's having to deal both with the apocalypse thing as well as with him and trying to help him and so there's there's a lot going on there so when you're having the scenes with phantom x where some of them she has some doubts about the relationship some of them she expresses what she feels about him kind of thing and then phantom x also lashes out at dark angel so there's a lot going on there but but then you get to the end and realize that no it always was very true it always was this amazing thing that we maybe didn't completely grasp but this is what it could have been and that part just blew my mind that was just Mm -hmm. it was oh it was just absolutely incredible and then uh, tying in with those uh, interviews again, we're now moving into issue 17, where the entire force goes after Archangel. I mean, you've got uh, Wolverine and an, an assembly of the Age of Apocalypse characters, including Gene in full Phoenix mode. And Warren just smacks them all down effortlessly. Uh, I love what Reminder said, and I'm going to have to link that interview in the show notes for uh, everybody listening, that um, how Wolverine has been pre- pre- portrayed over the years as this larger than life superhero character of like Superman levels of power. And he really wanted to bring Wolverine back to a more realistic interpretation of if he's going up against somebody with Apocalypse's power level, doesn't matter how quick he's healing, he's still getting whooped. I love that. That's it's about time. Again, we just saw him fight the freaking devil. And I, I'm not going to, that's that's going to be the jumping the shark moment from now on for Wolverine. Uh, I think they jumped the shark with Wolverine well, they, several yeah, years ago. But yeah, but never fighting the devil. Come on, for Christ's sakes. And so when you're, you're looking at that kind of thing, and he's been blown so far out of proportion, and when at heart, he's just a little freaking scrapper is all he is. So I love with what Remeter was saying, that no, he that's not who he is. We need to tone him back down and let him get slapped around let somebody else take the limelight and be the one that saves everybody because it makes sense Mm -hmm. so through through everything that's going on it basically is coming down to just psylocke and phantom x left to oppose archangel and as easily as he handled wolverine everybody else that's uh that's not a very good matchup in their favor and at this point uh we do have to throw the spoiler warning out there because the last issue just came out last week um i'm sure we have a few listeners that haven't read it yet so i'm gonna give you guys the this moment but uh it's freaking awesome. Go read it. Yeah, really. If you need to, I'm sorry if you haven't read it too bad. <laughs> because now in issue 18, we finally see Phantom X's plan and exactly what he's been doing with his weird little Weapon X apocalypse he's been growing with Genesis and how he's raising this version of apocalypse to be a hero. And even the whole uh, growing up with a small family in Kansas routine. <laughs> That was, when I read that, that was, my brain was like, it was like, whoa, it was, it was just fantastic. Because we've been getting these little bits uh, all, all on and on. What was it? Like issue eight or issue nine when um, the Deathlocks were going after the world and they almost made it through the door. And at the very end of the issue, we saw what was inside mind blown because of course you're flashing back to phantom x killing the younger apocalypse back in issue four and it's all coming together and again it's it's 
all tying together into this crazy story. And now we're finally seeing what the grand plan was that he, he was coming up with this heroic version of Apocalypse and knowing that someday they were going to need it. I know. It was, yeah. <laughs> seriously, dude, I, I there was a couple of times where I just I kind of stopped reading and I'm going, no way. <laughs> Holy crap in hell. <laughs> it was great. And it's just enough of a distraction for uh, Psylocke to finally take down Archangel by jabbing him with the life seed. And this is the point where, you know, Archangel and Warren are dying. This is this is the death of Warren Worthington, well, one of the on. original X-Men. Before we get into that, though, you need to talk about what happens to freaking Phantom X with the <laughs> knife in the freaking head. Yeah. Now, did you know he had two brains? <laughs> Yes, that's uh, how he's always been able to do the misdirection thing. Okay, I didn't know that. So when they said the other brain, I'm going, the other brain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, but again, from what Reminder is saying, it looks like that primary brain might be gone for good. <laughs> I don't think he has a, a full Wolverine or Deadpool level healing factor. Right. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Way to throw a curveball there. <laughs> so anyway, now with Warren dying, we get one of the greatest sequences I've seen in recent years in comics of Betsy going into Warren's mind and them living out their life that they were never able to have together telepathically. And this was just like, it was like four or five pages of just heartbreaking. <laughs> Actually, it was only three. It's, really? Yeah. It's, it felt it's longer. Yeah. Uh, hold on. One, two. Yeah. It's only three, but it's so well done. And there, there's quite a few um, uh, panels per page. It, again, it was just so well done and so touching that, I mean, it could have come off as just cheesy and corny. And yet it came off just wonderfully. And it makes. It gives Warren that humanity that he needed to get back because he's lost that along the way and has changed so much from who he started off as. And I think that it was it was necessary that if you're if you're killing this guy off, you need to kill off the guy that we remember, that we cared about, not this this, you know, this apocalypse uh, monstrosity that we we can't love, that we can't care for. It's I'm just reading through it again now, and it's. Oh God, it's such a fantastic scene with, you know, them as old old man and old woman, and uh, Warren on his deathbed, and just Betsy telling him that he lived a great life. My God, that's just great, great stuff. Yep. And then at the very end, we get <laughs> we get that twist, of course. And, and again, in the interview, Remender said we couldn't just kill him because every comic fan knows you kill off a character, the clock starts ticking for how long it is until he comes back. So they did something that they consider worse than killing him. You know, he's dead, he's gone, his spirit, what have you, has moved on. But the life seed has kept his body alive with a new consciousness. So uh, they're all sad, and they see Warren walking out of the snow. You know, Betsy runs up, kisses him, and he has no idea who any of these people are. That was... I, I was... I was so upset there was not more issue after that. Like I was like, no, <laughs> you cannot end there. I liked it, but again, I while I was reading it, didn't appreciate it as much as after reading that interview. Mm -hmm. Then it was like, Agreed. okay, now I'm seeing more the, the strings over the puppets and I can see what you're doing here. And I like that 
because I made it clear what I think about, like, again, if you're going to kill somebody, then let them be dead. But I can appreciate how in long running series and long running IPs, you don't have that choice because you're going to kill them off. But then another writer in a few months, a few years is going to decide, oh, we're just going to bring them back. So what they did there here is they brought them back, but on their terms Mm -hmm. that I can respect more. And I think we're going to get a lot of that uh, further explanation in today's issue 19. The uh, the epilogue for Dark Angel Saga comes out today. So for people who didn't read that interview, I'm assuming they're going to get a, a little better explanation on that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be very interesting. This is essentially the same thing as what we're now going to be seeing with the new Nightcrawler because they're different people than who we remember and who we care about but there's just enough similarities that you know it it should be something that people will still have an attachment to those characters Mm -hmm. and then even when we're here at the end of this storyline like i said it's pretty much just the beginning honestly for so much more uh there was the the scene with phantom x fighting archangel where they burst through the wall in the world and you see these statues of these weird guys dr mind bubble the skinless man what have you and uh those are other creations of the weapon plus program the same program that created wolverine deadpool phantom x that x-force is going to have to encounter in the future they're going to be coming up i think he said the skinless man is coming up really soon Soon, actually yeah, yeah And then beyond that, we still have the rest of Archangel's crew. Dark Beast from the Age of Apocalypse has kind of taken over, and he has the remaining horsemen. He has what's left of the blob. Iceman is still there. And Pestilence is carrying Warren's baby. So (laughs) this is going to be continuing. And it's, yeah, it's the end of this chapter, but it is far from the end of this story. Yeah, and and I'm all right with that because... Again, if it was a, a really terrible storyline or story arc that I, I couldn't get behind and that was, you know, terribly done and full of cliches and everything, then I'd have more of a problem with it still continuing on. 18 issues is a bloody long time. Now, granted, there were some other, some of the issues early on weren't um, for right. this. The actual story arc is eight issues, but even that is still a long time. But there was a lot referenced before that also. So, I mean, you're looking at a, a very long time remaining on the same still the same story arc i mean when you're looking at all of the stuff with the apocalypse and whatnot and the fact that they're still continuing that i'm still at the point where i'm enjoying it so much that i'm not thinking okay i'm gonna look forward to when they're fighting someone different or they're doing something Mm -hmm. else no i'm still digging it so much that i'm happy that we got this this it's still large but this you know this this resolution but they're still the potential for so much more with everything that's that's happened here. Mm-hmm. And and he has broken it up. We've had some of the smaller stuff going on. Uh, the issue with uh, Magneto, Magneto yeah. uh, the, the Lady Deathstrike, uh, the Shadow King. But even some of those, you know, they tie in. Yeah. But he has been breaking up the larger story with some, some smaller stuff. And uh, there's more of that coming up. I'm really interested to see what's going on with that Captain Britain story coming up. Yeah. And uh, just ha- it has to be mentioned, Jerome Pena's art throughout this whole story arc, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. It it's not you know crisp, it's not clean, but X Force shouldn't be crisp and clean. Uh, well, I I actually it's not quite as edgy as a lot of other stuff that we've mm-hmm. seen, and no, I agree, it is just 
It's been absolutely fantastic. Actually, I think that it has grown and gotten yes, even it better. Has. I like that he has kind of shifted his color palette a little bit away from the uh, pink and purple hues and whatnot. And like this issue, the last one, oh my God, it's just absolutely beautiful. I mean, and I, you've got and the I, sky on fire. Everything oh, is yeah. orange, but you've got, you know, Archangel with his blues and his purples and just Betsy with her telekinetic. Oh, yeah. And it's fan of X with his mask and a trucker hat. His farmer <laughs> hat. <laughs> so just great work all around. If you are not reading Uncanny X-Force, you are missing what flat out the best superhero comic out there right now, without a doubt. Yeah, you this is gonna be coming out definitely in trade and it's gonna be it's gonna be something that you wanna pick up. Mm-hmm. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, anything else to say about X-Force, Raj? No, I think we covered enough. All right. So we're going to move into our What We're Reading segment. And there were a couple new things that came out last week that I was very apprehensive about, but I decided to look at anyway. Uh, the first was Avengers X-Sanction, uh, the big event they've been hyping up for a while, leading into Avengers versus X-Men. And yeah, it's there's there's nothing to it. I love Ed McGuinness's art. The The issue looks cool, but Jeff Loeb, Jeff Loeb hasn't written anything terribly interesting in several years. As a matter of fact, he's written some terrible stuff in the meantime. Um, I will say it's probably the best thing he's written in a couple of years. That's not saying much though. Um, but okay. Uh, as, as, as like an informational aspect leading up to the event, I can appreciate it. I'm, not probably not gonna check out the rest of the yeah because (sighs) tying in with the whole hope and phoenix and it it serves a purpose it's just not worth reading uh wikipedia it right before the event comes out if you cared about reading that i was not impressed that was one of the other ones i read last night too and it was Mm -hmm. like that was i'm sorry i was not impressed at all not i'm not surprised because mm-hmm. at this point here, all of these little X titles, with the exception of, it's funny, we're talking about X-Force, which is so great. And then you look at so many of the other X titles and it's like, oh, man. Yeah. And this is just, pff, I really had no use for it. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I was pleasantly surprised by Carnage USA. Uh, Carnage is a character they've been slowly uh, bringing back to the Marvel Universe. Uh, about a decade ago, he got ripped in half and thrown into the sun by the Sentry. So it's taken them a while to kind of get him back into circulation. Last year, we had a uh, miniseries that was actually originally supposed to be uh, Astonishing Spider-Man and Iron Man. But they decided to repackage it uh, just as Carnage. But Spider-Man and Iron Man were the two central characters in the story where they they brought Carnage back. And it was an interesting story. My biggest problem with it was uh, the artwork. Uh, Clayton Crane is a fantastic artist. He's very detailed, great character uh, work. And the Carnage miniseries last year had the same problem I had with his work on the previous iteration of X-Force was that it was just way too dark. You could not see any of the detail because it was just dark on darker. Uh, You have a character of Carnage whose color scheme is dark red and black, and he's constantly on black and brown backgrounds. It it didn't work. Like I I could see there was some cool stuff going on in there, but I it just didn't. So here, uh, art wise, they finally have that same artwork on light backgrounds, and it looks great. I love it. And the story is just crazy. If you're a fan of the symbiote characters, 
this is the miniseries for you. Uh, at the very end, we see, you know, a lineup including Venom, Anti-Venom, uh, a couple other characters, very obscure. And uh, one that I was I've been waiting for almost a decade now for them to do something with the character Toxin. Um, he was actually the offspring of Carnage and another symbiote. He bonded with a police officer and it was a very interesting character that completely fell off the map for about 10 years. So I'm really hoping that this miniseries is them getting him back into circulation as well, because I've always liked the symbiote characters, just that their stories have never been any good. But uh, so far, uh, I'm really liking what uh, Zeb Wells is doing writing Carnage USA, and I can finally appreciate the artwork in it as well now. Cool. Okay. I'll have to check that out. All right. Uh, what you got for us this week? All right. Well, I'm actually just going to cover on two things. One of them, I did read the newest Walking Dead. And did you read it yet? It's an improvement. They're getting somewhere. It's like, okay, now <laughs> we know, okay, it's, they're going to try to actually do something. So that was, you know, it's it's one of those where we've seen this before. Introduced mm -hmm. new character that everybody's apprehensive about. They made this one a tough son of a bitch, but still, it's just a new character that you don't know what's going to happen. And then throw the twist at the end that there's other people out there, which is... A lot of other yeah. people. We've seen this kind of thing, granted not that uh, a lot, So, but then that's, you know, something that will have to be seen and explored, not just taking the word of this person, this random person. Mm -hmm. So it's nothing new at this point, but it's it's... It's finally at least you're you're starting that uphill climb towards excitement. So I I can already see what's going to be going on here in terms of another community, but we just had that with the community that they're in now. So I don't know what they're going to do, what he's going to do. But I mean, at, at least it's not this crap with Carl in bed with the eye gone. It finally has direction again for the first time in a while. Yeah. So I'd like to see more. <sighs> I'm hoping that it's not just going to become yet another taking over a town or being taken over by mm -hmm. a town or something like that. We've seen too much of that. I would, I, you know, what would make me the happiest at this point is if for whatever reason, Rick and the gang just gets tossed back into the woods. Everybody decides we've <laughs> had it with you guys. Bye bye. And don't hit the, let the door hit you on the way out and let them get back amongst the, the actual zombies. Let them travel, let them do things because it's been getting a little bit too sedentary. So We'll see where it goes. The other thing that I read is actually, you can tell right now that I'm I'm like on full-on Star Wars mode here <laughs> because we've been playing the old Republic game and having so much fun. So now it's like, okay, well, and I, I read Revan, loved it. And then I read The Lost Sons, loved it. Now I'm like, okay, what else can I read? And so I've got a bunch of older Star Wars stuff. And one of them is a six-part series that was called Jedi versus Sith. Now, we're looking back at 2001 here. It was written by Draco Macon, Macken, and uh, art by Ramon Bax and Paul Fernandez. The, the art is just fantastic in this thing. Just absolutely gorgeous. Actually, I should give props to the colorist as well. Colors Chris Blythe because the colors are just phenomenal. But anyways, it's, it's a very... I read it all last night, which is saying enough because it's six parts. I read it all in one shot last night. And... It's a very traditional story in terms of the, you know, the two brothers that go, one turns bad, one turns good, uh, or one is good kind of thing. So it's that kind of story. So it's not anything that we haven't seen before. 
before, but it was it was still well written. It was still entertaining, and there were a few little twists. But overall, it's you know it's the normal fare that you've already seen, but still worth reading, and I still did enjoy it. I, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more, but it was still fun to read. Cool. That's uh, we'll leave it at that. All right. So, uh, of course, at the end of the month, we have a big list of new releases. All right. For Marvel, we've got Amazing Spider-Man 686, Avengers number 20, Fantastic Four 601, Fear Itself the Fearless number 5, which I'm actually still enjoying, believe it or not, Uh, Generation Hope number 14, Hulk number 46, Incredible Hulk number 3, Invincible Iron Man number 511, New Mutants, number 35, Thunderbolts, 167, Ultimate Spider-Man, number 5, as previously mentioned, yeah, as previously (laughs) mentioned, Uncanny X-Force, number 19, Venom, number 11, Wolverine and the X-Men, number 3, and X-Factor, number 229. You didn't need a drink of water or something? My God. <laughs> and, and it's not like that's that's a bunch of filler. A lot of that is really good oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a good week from DC. Uh, some of the books that we're actually still reading. Batman number four, uh, DC Universe Presents, Green Lantern Corps, Justice League, Supergirl, and Wonder Woman, as well as Hellblazer 286. I'm. I can't wait to read the next Batman. I have that, been. That is so, so good. Yeah, been absolutely loving. We're actually going to need to take an episode to go over it more in detail because it's been really good. All right, and then rounding out the list uh, from Dark Horse, we have Mass Effect Invasion number oh. three. Uh, from IDW, we have Cobra number eight. Um, I've actually gone back and been reading the Cobra Civil War story they've been doing for pretty much the whole year. Um, they assassinated Cobra Commander, and the whole storyline has been whoever uh, among Cobra can kill the most G.I. Joes becomes the new Cobra Commander. And it's just been crazy. Lots of big action, but you also get a lot of uh, spy stuff going on. Really enjoying it. And uh, this issue number eight, we finally find out who is the new Cobra Commander. So. Uh, I'm still many issues away from reading this one, but I've been enjoying it, the lead up to it so far, as well as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number five, still fantastic and Invincible 86 from Image. So big, big, big week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. Uh, Please tune in next week for issue number 59, or you can visit us at comicbookinformer.com. We can have some interesting uh, comments lately. It, all from the same person, but uh, we appreciate you, Sean. Enjoy that graphic novel, Superboy Loving Punk. <laughs> 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 or on Twitter at CB Informer, and uh, we will see everybody next week. This is how bad it is. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which comic books I read last night. Last night? Shut up. Wow. Hey. Oh, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. There you go. Now I'm... All right. I'm ahead of the game here. And I'm explaining it to a couple friends at work, like, exactly what Utidi is, and they're like, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) 